I have a question. Yes. When did you start dating Faith? <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, he mentioned it because it was the second time. Yeah, it was Departed. Right. Whenever the Departed came out. Six, seven. 2006, then? Yeah, 2006. That's closely lines of when you started disappointing me. Not like, <laughs> hitch in 2005. I mean, yeah, we have like Devil Wears Prada, The Proposal. Devil Wears Prada was before him. Okay, was it? Okay. I, well, no, was it? No, I don't Devil Wears so. Prada was not before. There's okay. a market change in like, your favorite It was 2006. Movie. Yeah, no, I guess, yeah, because we talked Departed about Departed and Devil Wears Prada were both no, yeah, 2006. No, because it was after. Yeah. It's like zombies and death metal, and now it's like horror movies. And, and Saw and everything the before. The Proposal. Now. Devil Wears yeah. Prada. Yeah. Hey, I, Saw was my influential movie. Before when, Fate. Before it came. Before. <laughs> yeah. That was before yeah. Fate. You're not making, yeah. you're not making <laughs> a compelling argument here. Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Essen. I'm joined by my regular discoursers, Andrew Riley and Travis Hudson, and special guest discourser, Gerke. We're continuing and ending our series on the best movies of the 2000s. We're on 2009. We'll be talking about our favorite movies of the year, the most influential, and a couple others that are worthy of discourse, and finding out who's going to win the guessing game. I'm going to start us off with the top grossing movies of 2009. The top grossing movie is Avatar with an incredible hmm. $2.7 <laughs> billion. That's nuts. Now, how much of that, though, was bloated by the fact that it was 3D? Doesn't I matter. don't know. But that's still <laughs> that's like three times as much as the winner from last year. Yeah. And uh, the number, second place was Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince with $900 million. So it's three times the next closest uh, below it. After that is Ice Age, Dawn of Dinosaurs. There are a lot more Ice Age movies than I recall. Mm-hmm. Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. More Transformers movies. 2012, Up, The Twilight Saga, New Moon, Sherlock Holmes, Angels and Demons, another Da Vinci Code, and The Hangover. Hang on just a second. In 2009, there was a movie called 2012. Yeah. Okay. That's just the, the Mayan calendar. Right, one. that's what I... I... Roland Emmerich, right? No, I have no, no Paul Verhoeven. No, what? What? No, that's Roland, Roland Emmerich. I'm pretty yeah. sure a day after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, Roland Emmerich. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't see it. I don't yes. even remember that happening. I, I do oh, remember. Wait, let me change my guess for you. You don't, <laughs> remember, you don't remember 2012 happening. All right. I remember 2012 <laughs> happening. We're all still here. I remember tw- there was a lot of concern about it, and for all kinds of random reasons. But I did not remember a movie called 2012, and yeah. I just certainly didn't remember it making a lot of money. Uh, well, everybody was wrong. seeing Avatar. They couldn't go see other movies. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So this was apparently the year they decided to add the field up to ten movies for best picture. So we knew that was going to happen eventually. Strap in. Well, it's only one year, so that we're covering. You got up in the air. Um. Then just up. (laughs) Another Uh, fantastic Pixar movie. You have a serious man, which is apparently a Coen Brothers movie I've never heard of. Um, Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. That's mm-hmm. literally the title of the movie. I'm not just adding that. Inglorious Bastards. An Education. Never heard, heard of that one. District 9. That's kind of a shocking one for me to be up for Best Picture. Yeah. Um, the Blind Side. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar. Just, okay. And The Hurt Locker. <laughs> Which seems like totally a movie that would win an Academy Award, <laughs> even though I've never seen it. 
So, straight <laughs> cooker off your guess. It was. It's on my list for you, but it wasn't my guess. Everyone is second guessing now. <laughs> All right, Andrew. All right, so we are gonna, as we've been mentioning, have some guesses. We're gonna try and guess the movies from each other's lists, the ones that we picked as our favorite or our most influential. If we guess correctly, either of those movies, we get a point. Points equals pride bucks. The current winner in pride bucks, or leader in pride bucks, is Paul. Paul has. <laughs> 12 Whoa. correct do, 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 guesses for 12 pride do, bucks do, do, do. but i'm right on his heels with 11 and right on my heels is gurky and right on gurky's heels is travis with nine so it is still open for anybody to win this one but not really <laughs> well travis you can tie paul <laughs> so not everyone can win but some of us can tie paul <laughs> travis can still win he can be a tied winner yeah if we, right. we or no actually him and paul could try and you and i could get nothing and lose to them Yes, that absolutely could happen. So it won't. We but can still have losers too. Yes, we can certainly have losers. <laughs> Anyone can be a loser, but me. Um, no, you can still be a loser. Oh, fine. I think we tied for losing. Well, what you are can't we? Be a sole loser. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a tie for losing. Yes. All right, Paul. What are you guessing? God. So for the record, I'm I'm hating. This is gonna. We're gonna end on this because I don't feel good about these guesses, but. For Travis, I'm going to go with Zombieland. Double tap. For Andrew... That was the sequel, right? That was the sequel. They got it from the first one. Sure, yes. For Andrew, uh, District 9. Okay. And for Gerke, I'm going to say Taken. (laughs) That was a look for Andrew. (laughs) All right. He's like, what the... (laughs) What kind of guess is that? He's thinking... Paul just blew my chance to tie for lead because I'm guessing District 9 for Andrew as well. Thanks, Paul. I guess I should pick something else to try to go for it. Um, Paul, I'm picking Star Trek. It seems like too obvious an answer, but uh, I still have to go with it. And it worked for Iron Man last After, year. I guess, nine years of now hearing Gurky's picks, I'm changing my pick for her. I'm going to go with He's Just Not That Into You. Okay. She's <laughs> nodding sagely. I she was confused. <laughs> like no, that was a movie. I'm just confused. She's like, that's I'm a movie. Confused something else. No, I've seen that movie. Okay. Glowing um, prince. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm not telling anything. <laughs> right Making Paul's pick here after you said Star Trek, I feel really bad because I forgot that that year movie came out this year. I think that's a really good pick, but I'm sticking with mine because I know Paul also likes his highly quotable comedies. So I'm I'm still good. I'm gonna go with Hangover. I don't know if it's as quotable as we remember. I think it's still pretty quotable. Uh, for Gurky, uh, sticking with the books, although this one might have been a better choice for Travis, but I have something else for him. I'm going to go with Coraline. Yeah. And for Travis, well, we've said it twice already. Once more, why not? District 9. Hmm. I am super confused. Uh-oh. Because I thought you guys would all pick one movie. And Avatar? none of you have mentioned it. Oh, okay. You thought we would all pick it as our favor? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I just went back and forth on a couple of you guys. Watchmen? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I expected Watchmen to be up there for all three of you. I and almost picked it for Andrew. You know what? I'm sticking with my guess, at, even though initially I had something else for Travis. But I had Watchmen for Andrew and Paul solidly and, you know, putting it up there for Travis, too. Wow. Across the all board. Across the board. All three of you. Watchmen, wow. Watchmen, Watchmen. It was a very popular movie. It's a comic book movie. It was, yeah. I mean, I think you guys. You say it was popular, but it wasn't one of the top ten grossing. It was was. a different kind of popular. 
It was? It's like number eight? I don't think so. Watchmen? I thought it was. I thought you mentioned it. Maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> like the 20th time <laughs> in this series. All right, so am I starting us off with my favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Since my customary farewell would appear to oddly self-serving, I shall simply say, good luck. Ugh. Star Trek. That's a uh, good guess there, Travis. I didn't think you liked it that much. I, I enjoyed I thought it. I liked it more than you. On the uh, new, this is the reboot, right? Yes, the first. The, this is, is the, the first reboot. of the reboot. I thought the, you didn't like it that much. Particularly but. the first one. The first one, I think, worked. Uh, okay. It uh, it had a great trailer, which uh, hyped me up for it. The casting was good and solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know a little bit too uh, actiony and not quite as cerebral as Star Trek. So it's it's in some ways it's not Star Trek, but it's fun nonetheless. Uh, had a pretty good, a pretty solid soundtrack, a, a decent plot, and uh, yeah, I, I just yeah. enjoyed it overall. There, there are some issues with it, some plot holes, and some liberties that are taken with the characters that, you know, as a Trekkie, I'm kind of annoyed by, but I thought it worked. The later movies kind of went down in quality a little bit, but I think this okay. one went pretty well. Let's flare! Yeah, and, you know, Abrams likes loves his lens flares. Uh, but, you know, it had a certain amount of style to the Star Trek universe, which it could probably use. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going with Star Trek. It was a good movie. All right. So my favorite, it was not Zombieland, although that's a close second, whoever gets to that one. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. I love me some Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And Bill Murray. And Bill Murray and zombies and, and double stabbing. And, and Dakota. Um, it's not Sarah. It's the other guy. The other guy that looks just like him. No, um, it's Les Luthor. Uh, Jesse Samberg or Samberg or something? Yeah. Okay. Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg, yeah. Facebook guy. Yes. Wait, right. no, it's not Jesse. Oh. Jesse huh. Eisenberg or Jamie Eisenberg? Jamie's on the football podcast. Okay. <laughs> his his cousin or something is on the fantasy football podcast from CBS. Okay. Doesn't it have Emma Stone in it too? Uh, that sounds right. I could look it up. but All right, so, it's, so but anyway, Zombieland. Zombieland is no. not the pick. Oh, it's not the pick. It would be a strong one, but... and. So probably people are going to think I should pick that one, but actually, I wrote down my favorite as the proposal. What the proposal? I love Ryan Reynolds. I love Sandra Bullock. This strong cast. It's a funny movie. Um, I know where. Um, oh, then now I'm going to blank on the name of it, but the the location up in Alaska. Juno? No, it's not Juno. Anchorage? No, it's but it's the town where. It's a town where Molly of Denali on a PBS Kids show now. Uh, I'm like, Denali. hey, I know that I know that town. It's like the next town over. No, she doesn't actually live in Denali. She lives okay. in something with a Q or something like that. But no. Um, but yeah, apparently the next town over from her town is where the proposal takes place. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of on the level of Hitch where like it's kind of a comfort food movie, I guess. I'm not going to even call it a guilty pleasure. But um, we were at and we were at a library fundraiser last Saturday and they started playing um, some dance song and it's the song that they sing together in this movie but he's like oh yeah and Ryan Reynolds is singing and you know like faux high falsetto it's like it takes two to make it out of sight like it's that was like why is this song familiar anymore she had to be like because it's from the proposal I'm like oh that's why okay but I have a question yeah when did you start dating Faith <laughs> <laughs> Well, clearly, he mentioned it because it was the second one. Yeah, it was Departed. Whenever, to, whenever Departed came out. Six, seven. 2006, then? Yeah, 2006. 
that's closely lines of when you started disappointing me. Not like, <laughs> hitch in two thousand five. I mean, yeah, we have like Devil Wears Prada, the proposal. Devil Wears Prada was beforehand. Okay, was it? Okay, I, well, no, was it? No, I don't Devil Wears so. Prada was not before. There's okay. a marked change in no, like your favorite movie. It was two thousand six. Yeah, no, I guess yeah, because we talked. Departed about and Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, yeah. Were no, yeah, because it was after. Yeah. It's like zombies and death metal, and now it's like horror movies and, and Saw and, and everything. The proposal and now. Devil Wears yeah. Prada. Yeah, I, Saw was my influential movie before, before Fate. Before it came. <laughs> yeah. that was before yeah. Fate. You're not making. <laughs> yeah. You're not making a compelling <laughs> argument here. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> Andrew's favorite. Let's see if we got it. Okay, so my favorite movie of 2009 is Congratulations, Gerky. Watch- yeah, I got one of them! <laughs> was it? Watchmen. 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 Mm. So, this is Zack Snyder's best moment and last good moment, I would say. <laughs> I think Watchmen is probably a stronger film than 300. Um, 300 is also really, really good. We mentioned that earlier, but Watchmen hews very closely to the comic, except for a couple of sequences. And by and large, um, I think that the sequence changes that he made, especially plot-wise, are better, which is kind of incredible because Watchmen is a, a seminal comic book. It's one of the best. But the climax and how it's handled in the comic book isn't quite believable <laughs> the weird like squid monster yeah and the way that the movie handles the exact same scenario is actually slightly better so there's a, there's a change there and the change works better in the movie and that's essentially the only thing he changed except for making a couple of things more fantastic a knock against the movie uh is that it didn't have the uh the depth that the comic had despite being you know scene for scene in so many ways uh, but he f- remedied that by having the animated feature of uh, the pirate comic inside the comic mm. as bonus feature. So it was still made and is there in the DVD versions. It just wasn't on the screen because then you have a four-hour long movie. <laughs> uh, it's really strong, very good acting, great cinematics. Zack Snyder can do action sequences really well. And you, you hang it on the story told by Alan Moore and you've got a really good movie. What do you think about the casting of Ozymandias? Yeah. I thought he was okay. Because one of the big criticisms is that... Adrian Sight is, you know, he he plays the role fine. He's He's like a scrawny Eastern European type. He's too young. That's the biggest issue. Yeah, he doesn't... I guess it seems like it's too obvious that he's a spoiler alert. He's the villain. Like, he seems kind of like a... The guy who's going to cackle at the end and be like, Ah-ha! I've been behind it all along. Was, and he's supposed to be kind of, as I understand it, like the Captain America type. Yeah. Where he's like the embodiment of tr- truth and goodness and like, you know, the, the you know. He's he's f- fantastically wealthy. So he's more like Tony Stark. Fantastically smart. More like Tony Stark. Yeah. But um, also like. But not so strong. Really integrity, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah, but with the integrity of. Yeah. yeah. He's, there's, he's unimpeachable. He's the good business owner. Yeah. He's in, unlike Tony Stark. Unlike Tony Stark. Yeah. So uh, that that was one thing is that somebody who I don't think I knew much about Watchmen going in, but I kind of was I was watching him like he seems like suspicious behind it. Yeah, and it's, it shouldn't be something you should be able to see. Coming. I th- I think that's a fair criticism. Uh, I I didn't see that because I knew where it was going already. Right. Uh, I I will point instead right back to Rorschach, mm-hmm. and the portrayal there is just ridiculously good. Do you think he spent too much time out of his mask? <sighs> no, I'm okay with it. Okay. Are you okay with AOC quoting them? Rorschach? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should quote out Rorschach. 
I'm an Wait, anarchist. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> what did she quote from Rorschach? She quoted, "You're not. I'm not stuck in here with your you." You're she stuck. quoted that. Yeah. When she got to, who? to, to on oh, Twitter to the rest of Congress. To, to Congress. I think. Yeah, I think to Congress. That's, that's kind of awesome. badass. That is badass. I, mean, I'm I didn't not know the fan of the MC, but that's that's kind of badass. All right. I'll I'll accept that because I was up until the very last minute I was thinking of switching into Watchmen. Because I thought that you would really like that, but I just thought that District 9 was a weirder movie. District 9 is a weirder movie. And that seemed like more... In Peter Jackson, yeah. It's It's not Peter Jackson. I thought it was Peter Jackson. He may have done Creature Effects, but it's directed by the South African. (laughs) He's not South African. (laughs) His name is Casey. The very famous South African director who also directed Chappie and several other movies. Chappie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I walked out of District 9. That's a, a very I, reasonable reaction. It's I did a not difficult like it. It's a very, very difficult movie to watch. Me. It's t- a, a lot of the cinematography is actually basically found footage. So it's it's the costume effects on top of actual sceneries. Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. yeah. Blomkamp. Um, my favorite movie, Paul got. Of course he did. Taken. What? Wait a minute. Taken. I'm oh, very particular skills. Taken. Oh, it's I did such not see a good that movie. I did not oh see that one God. coming at all. It does not fall in line with your previous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I told you guys earlier. I love no. Boondock Saints. Sure. I love yeah, a yeah. lot of action movies. This is not um, so much of an action movie, though. I mean, there's not a whole action. lot of action in it. It's a, there's a ton of action in it. I mean, he's pursuing her and or pursuing his daughter and mm-hmm. threatening and fighting <laughs> a and a lot of threatening and fighting too. And killing. Uh, Definitely killing, killing. Lots of killing. That's action. What else would you call that? Well, I mean, most of the killing that I remember is... I mean, there's plenty of killing where he's action killing as well, but there's a lot of killing which is not so action-y. So, like, yeah, I'm just going to murder you now. <laughs> <laughs> How do you murder somebody in a non-action way? Well, and yeah, a, action I mean, it's not is, like he poisons them or something. Action is, uh, is like a fight, so they get into a struggle and there's some back and forth. This, he's like, hey, you're going to die now. Bang, you're dead. That's not action. <laughs> That's He shot a guy. I'm okay with that. That's, that's <laughs> realism. I mean, they've, they've trapped. Yes, that is totally realism. His daughter no, is I'm, has I'm, been kidnapped. I think for it's a good movie. Yeah. I just it's, I don't see it as an action movie. Oh, I think I see it as action. Okay. I'll see, I wonder what the internet. Is this thinks. a movie every dad with a daughter should watch? <laughs> I think it's a, a movie that every dad with a daughter has already run through his head. <laughs> they have that speech memorized, kind of like the V for Vendetta. Yeah. I'm a very. You want you want action? We got to talk about shoot 'em up again. <laughs> That's an action movie. We just talked about that. Why would we have to talk about that again? Uh, all right. Anything else you want to say about Taken? No, she hasn't said a lot. She should actually get a chance to say something. Other than arguing about whether it's an action. I don't know. I've always just really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it, honestly. The, the speech is great, but... Was Liam yeah. Neeson, whether or not it's an action movie, was Liam Neeson, like, known for this type of thing? Because to me, he was Qui-Gon before this. I didn't really know him from much else. I didn't know him as an action star before this. <laughs> so this is a good transition into my most influential, which I chose as Taken. Okay. And I did some research because okay. I had the same thought that this made him... Because I thought that he had a reputation of being, strangely enough, like a romantic uh, lead. Um, it's a French action thriller. Really? Taken, Taken is a 2008 yeah. English language French action thriller. I definitely agree with a thriller, and it's saying mm-hmm. action. It has action parts, so you know, I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, but okay. I, so, I, what I was thought, Liam Neeson before this? Sorry, I thought Taken was transitioning Liam Neeson from like a romantic lead to like a, a more action. Yeah, I thought it was kind of like his Bourne movie. Yeah, but Matt look, Damon was like 
a different guy and then he became born. Exactly. But mm-hmm. looking at the filmography, I can't find a lot of evidence to support that. He's, so He has been all over the place as an actor. He does action things. He does comedy. He does romance. But then yeah. he comes and does this very strong. And then he has an extended career in taken-like movies. Yeah. I mean, he was in Love Actually before that, before this as well. So... I won't necessarily he was in make... Schindler's List. <laughs> Schindler, yeah. yeah, he was Oscar Schindler, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I won't necessarily make the argument that it changed his career, but I do think it it kind of well. F- first of all, that speech like that yeah. it, it still lives on. You you'll hear like uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane <laughs> doing the speech in like the Kermit voice and stuff like that. Um, it's something that if you say like you have a very particular set of skills, almost everyone knows what you're talking about. Uh, it spawned a couple of sequels, and I, I do think it it did reinvigorate the whole idea of like uh, you know someone's taking someone close to you and now you're gonna go make them pay kind of thing which you know comes and goes it's not a new genre by any stretch of the imagination but i don't think there had been that many that have been that that popular every couple of years you get a revenge film like a kill bill like a taken and Mm -hmm. uh like a death wish payback Mm -hmm. so they come around every once in a while and they're usually pretty strong but you don't you they don't come out too often, and that's a good thing. You don't want to have too many of them. And I think the most recent Rambo was also like that. Right. And I think that actually may be one of the problems with Taken is that the movie worked really well and was super popular, so like, let's do another one. But it becomes formulaic. <laughs> oh, they Taken again. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not as strong. It's just... Yeah. You, you it's can't... like, stop going on vacation in Europe, girl. <laughs> yeah. I think I really liked the aspect of Taken that it's like fighting for family. Yeah. I was going to say... I, mean, I think that part doesn't... might have been part of why it appeals to me so much, in addition to a great speech and all those other... What is Mel Gibson it. even getting revenge for in Payback? I don't even remember. He's trying to get his money back or something. Isn't it was it? something, yeah. In Payback, they, yeah, they stole his money. Yeah, okay. And then and then isn't the revenge joke ransom. that it was like $5,000 or something? Yeah. Like, they, 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 they're giving him like a quarter of a million dollars to just go away. He's like, no, I want my suitcase. <laughs> yeah. And like, what? I don't even know what Charles Bronson was killing people for in Death Wish. Oh, uh, I think that was his, his family. His, his, murder was, uh, his murder was raped. <laughs> <laughs> his wife was raped. His daughter was murdered. Uh, that or, seems or like a reason to get revenge. Maybe the other way around. Yeah, it was it's family stuff. But. Okay, and I was like, that's all. That's almost Punisher level. Yeah, Punisher reason stuff. for going after people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my influential. I don't know. Zombieland. Avatar. Not influential. Oh, I, I mean Watchmen. What did I, what did I pick for you? Watchmen <laughs> for everybody. Watchmen for everybody. What are you talking about? If, if I don't Watchmen. know. Like I, I didn't really see very many influential movies this year. District Nine certainly. <laughs> Yes, by Peter Jackson. No, not. Um, I just I said The Hangover. Um, it it seemed to be. I know we had like YouTube show or something. It seemed to be Zach, who I know. Sure, thank you for saying his name. It seemed to be his movie debut. Um, it kind of yeah. launched Bradley Cooper. It revived Mike Tyson. That was pop amazing. culture. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Hang on a second. I love this part. <laughs> um, Todd Phillips seems to. Have, I mean, he had stuff before this certainly, but like this, I think maybe made his name as like a he can do this type of movie then he hasn't done very many movies until he's a joker so i don't know how popular todd phillips actually is but i don't know i viewed this movie as it, it launched bradley cooper even if he had roles before this was wedding crashes before this yeah without a paddle was certainly we discussed this. it i don't know what that one is <laughs> that's okay. well that's what i'm saying All right, like, so for, for, <laughs> clearly <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I'm, I, he's had movies before, but yeah, yeah I'm just but that's what I'm saying. Like, to, in my in my personal mind, that's the movie that oh, like, launched um, him. Eighteen, he was also in eighteen, but that might have been after. That was probably after. I, I think it was before, he, but he played face, uh, so that right. was that was. We need to prove Andrew Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably <laughs> after now. I feel like it has to have been before, but I'm 
The A-Team movie. Chase Cooper's breakthrough role came in 2009, Phillips' comedy, The Hangover. There you go. The internet has spoken. Is that good housekeeping? No. They they have sections for, like, early success, but then for his breakthrough role. Breakthrough Yeah. I'm surprised, but I'm clearly, I don't know things as well as I ought to know on actors. I just know the movies. He appeared in an episode of Sex in the City in 1999. How dare you not know that? <laughs> yeah, but he was in Wedding Crashers before that in 2004. The mm-hmm. Comebacks, Failure to Launch. But I was, saw that too. What? What? The Comebacks was directed by Tom Brady. <laughs> He's multi-talented. <laughs> Obviously, different Tom Brady. But the Wedding Crashers was a very different role, though. Right? He was just kind of a yeah. the random villain. Yeah. So. so, are you ready for my most influential? Uh, your most influential is District 9. My most influential is not District 9. God, what's wrong with you? My most influential is Avatar. 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 What has what has Avatar done? They haven't even gotten the sequels made yet. It has... Besides made a boatload of cash. Yes. And kill 3D. No, it didn't kill 3D. It, it, it launched 3D. Yeah. No, exactly. It's opposite. Where's 3D now? People, People go, do. Yeah, There's a lot of movies thing. are still come out in 3D. Just because we all prefer them without. Well, we all. I know that, generally speaking, if I'm going to the movies, it's in 3D. Oh, yeah, good, you yeah. do? Not, not because I want to. My wife usually wants to, and I usually try and get with her. So yeah. it's it's a little bit more immersive. And, you know, you, if you're going to pay 20 bucks, why not pay 23 That's yeah. actually good to know, because when we go to movies with you, we don't do 3D, because Paul and I don't like... I have no reason to, really. to care. I don't particularly care one way or the other. Okay. But, so when I go with my wife, which is more common than when I go right. with you guys. Yeah, no, I understand <laughs> The best 3D movie. Actually, I make up the movies with you guys more often than my wife now. The best 3D movie I saw was My Bloody Valentine 3D. No. That was so bad. It was um, I think it was the Jim Carrey version of Christmas Carol. Was a 3D animated movie, and the snow in that movie actually felt like it was falling around me. Yeah. Avatar. That. I, that's no. It's, it's obviously it's hugely influential because let's hear it. One money. <laughs> money yes. done show me the money yeah. it's 2.7 billion dollars okay. three times as much as that the next is, film that's successful though not influential right well success breeds people who try and do the same thing so the the, the, the style of the movie the unobtainium so the science fiction they did make the Smurfs movie after that Paul <laughs> 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 Wait, that is literally what they call it, the unobtainium? Yeah, it's called unobtainium. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's high it's, art. It's a terrible movie. I'm just going to chime in. It's a terrible in. movie. For a second, I also went with Avatar. So Thank I'm you. totally on board with you. Both of But we know she won't have explanations. So what's your... No, I have, I have a little more than he's mentioned. But <laughs> go, yeah. go for it. Help me out, please. I was going to talk about... So, like, if you go to Disney, they have the Avatar rides now. Because like, Disney they bought the rights to Avatar initially, and then they were paying a ton of money for it, which is probably why they bought Fox. So that they could just have it and not keep paying for the rides. Those rides have ridiculous lines, and mm-hmm. they are amazing. So I think that was probably my favorite ride. I've only ridden one. Mm-hmm. Which, which one did you go? The on? the river tour thing. The other I, one's better. I, I think it is. The, the thing is that that one line was like an hour and a half, and we had the fast passes for, it, so it was like still only half an hour. But I haven't mm-hmm. done the other one because it was four hours. I'm like, nope. I yeah, can't wait. we had the we got the fast passes for both of them on different days, and then. My mom didn't go, so I ended up just going a second time right after because I had her nice. her uh, wristband just scanned it again and went back in Having never by been myself to Disney. A half hour wait still seems to me to be ridiculous. Like, what do you do? I guess you're just 
what are you doing in line for half, even half an hour? Hurting your kids and making sure that they don't do stuff they're not supposed to. <laughs> Sounds like an awesome. A topic. lot of a lot of their <laughs> rides will have you know they do a good they job have like that. stuff in the waiting area. So the Dumbo ride has like a play area that you're only supposed to go in if you're in line for Dumbo. Right there's like the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They have a whole area that looks like you're in the dwarfs' uh, caverns, and, and and some of the newer ones they go even beyond that, and they'll have you like you'll come in, you'll watch a short video. It's like okay, uh, I think for the Avatar one, it's like okay, we got to sync you up with your beast that you're gonna ride. Mm-hmm. So stand here, and they'll blow air on you, and it's it's not yeah. that impressive, but it gives you something to do and focus on while you're. Well, See, you're I guess effectively just waiting in line. I guess if they were lazy, they could also just literally show you the movie. <laughs> While you're waiting in line, too, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That would probably be the only way I watched the movie. Well, you're, it's your most influential <laughs> Avatar. movie. Avatar. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to like the influential movie. That's, I have done a lot. In the, in the 1990s series, I did mo- uh, almost exclusively or exclusively movies I liked as my influential. Mm-hmm. It was definitely not the case for my 2000s. I, of 10 movies, I would say four of my influentials are movies I didn't like or haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll make my case against Avatar, and did you say just wait a second? No, no. Okay, uh, no sequels to date. Yeah, to date, it's, it's been eleven years, and no sequels. That's, it took that's not eleven necessarily... years to break the record of how much money they made. But, but a lot of money doesn't mean it's influential. It just made, it's means it made a shit ton of money. Successful it was. Yeah, successful does not mean influential. There's been. I, I don't think there's been. <laughs> just because a movie doesn't have sequels doesn't mean that it's not influential. Having sequels is sometimes not a good thing. Now, I this is not if you have a particular kind of movie, you don't want to have a sequel. Yeah. I don't think this is that kind of movie. I, I but, guess maybe Paul's about to make this point though. I just don't. Again, I haven't seen many movies going forward from this point on, but I just don't see other movies that had the same con- conceit yeah. or something. Like I don't see like well, your Smurfs joke, saying, <laughs> but like. I haven't seen any, like, you know, trying anything trying to jump on that well, or do anything similar to that. What makes Avatar so unique is, you know, the plot line is a very generic plot line and environmental conserv- uh, conservation and militarism. Uh, but what made the movie special between the 3D and everything else is the animation. It's the character creation. Uh, and so I say the movie that is, is most like that right now would be less like Cats. And Cats is something that hasn't worked because... So we have Cats thanks to Avatar. Yes, we definitely have Cats. We have Cats thanks to Avatar. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I disagree with you on that. But yeah. like, I just you so know. in terms of that, <laughs> I can you agree because me. that was basically my rationale for saying Phantom Menace was influential. Not really a great movie, not, but like, it, you're, you're, you're kind of, I can agree with this, then, your guys' point of, it showed a next level of special effects, I guess is kind of what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, it did. And it brought 3D into the forefront. Like, it was one of the first movies to really successfully do 3D. To do it, like, make it such a big thing that, like, everyone wanted to go see it in 3D versus... And it's not its fault that 3D has died off. Right. In in the 90s, we spent a lot of time talking about why Jurassic Park was influential. And we all agree Jurassic Park was a much better movie, I think, than we feel about Avatar. But they're influential for many of the same reasons. I think Avatar was successful despite not being influential and if anything was maybe the culmination of a lot of trends but didn't really influence things afterwards so yes a great example of 3d and the technology but where has that gone since then nowhere but in the toilet and maybe it's not avatar's fault but avatar didn't seem to help it that much there have been no sequels there have been no i I don't buy the idea that cats is like an imitation 
Not yet. I mean, there's, he's been working on it. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't even know if James Cameron has made any movies since then. Um, none of the cast... Well, why would he have to? Aviator? Well, that? No. He, he, didn't do, he didn't do Aviator. He didn't do Aviator. Oh, he didn't? He just dropped no. his money. No, that's Scorsese. Oh. Um, and also was before. Only uh, like the main cast member did like nothing after this. You, the best argument you can make for Avatar, I think, is uh, Zoe Saldana. Uh, her career got launched, and I don't think that's I, a particularly I, strong argument because I, I don't. I don't do this whole actors actresses things that you guys do. It doesn't right. matter. It's the movie, you know, a lot of people in it. Yeah, and the I just, production I just, crew maybe, but I just don't see what movies it's influenced since then. Like I, I don't see any movies that are similar to it, or well, that's actually probably a good thing. I guess, but isn't that like the definition of influential? Is that like influence things going forward? I don't think you have to have copycats to make it influential. Is my thing. But you have to influence something. And it's influenced the world around you in terms of, like, the rides you see, the, you know, and the amount of movies that were produced in 3D. Right? I, a, I, don't, I don't think you can say that's influenced positively the amount of movies produced in 3D. I mean, the amount of movies produced in 3D seems to have gone down since then. Recently, but you want to look from 2009 to, say, 2015. Hmm. And, like, 2007 to 2009. We could, yeah, we can look it up. I don't know. Just, uh, You're welcome. To, we can disagree. The movie is influential in its time. It's. I'm marking it down as District Nine is your answer. <laughs> no, but yeah, one. I don't personally see movies in 3Ds now, but they still do well for movies in 3D. And yeah, I still just. I don't. I guess I'm coming a little bit more to your guys. We point. had we had the, the craze of 3D television for a period of time there, which. Thank goodness that's gone away, but it was a, it was a real thing for a short period of time, and that probably wouldn't have happened. People have in their homes right now still likely televisions that are are three D te- ready televisions that they probably <laughs> wish they hadn't bought. They're still ready, ready and waiting, ready and waiting. Yeah. Um, and yet, Paul, you were right that he did. James Cameron directed Avatar, and then apparently a TV movie for Turok. I don't know if that's actually <laughs> Turok the Dinosaur Hunter or not. And then, yes, his next credits are Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5. <laughs> yeah, he's done nothing since then. Why would he? He's a mega-millionaire. After oh, T2, that, why would he do anything? I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that any individual one of these has to happen, but I'm saying none of these have happened, and so I don't see how you could possibly measure like the influential when everything that defines the movie has like gone off a cliff. But you're saying Afterwards. that he should be pick, picking District 9 as his influential when, I mean, that well, doesn't have any sequels. I'm, I'm saying it's clearly his favorite. Let's move over and talk about some Worthy of Discourse. And I'll start with District 9, because that's <laughs> on my list of Worthy of Discourse. Has anyone else actually even seen this movie? Nope. I've seen it. Paul saw it. I walked out of it. Seen it? So Paul you haven't even seen it. Together. So my pick for you for it was terrible. I borrowed it from somebody for like a year and then gave it back to him and be like, yeah, if I haven't watched it by now, I'm probably not going to watch it, unfortunately. <laughs> I think you might like it. I am totally unsurprised that you did not like it. It does seem it's like not a, a Paul, movie I would It's watch. not a Paul movie at all. Nope. <laughs> um, it is... It's a movie that uses, in the way that best science fiction does, science fiction ideas to play with human current realities. So the movie is a science fiction movie about aliens coming to Earth and getting trapped and being put essentially in concentration camps uh, when it's actually about uh, racial apartheid injustice in South Africa. So... You look at it on the surface, and it is a very difficult movie to watch. But when you realize what it's actually about, it's actually even harder. <laughs> Good job selling it. It's a very difficult movie to watch. It's yeah. not easy. It's not fun. It's 
gruesome and unpleasant and feels dirty, but it's it's to you know bring a sense of human empathy to something that feels alien and non-human, even when it's representing a human thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll just briefly give my counterpoint where I I don't think I would have any problems with any of those things that you mentioned, but I felt like it just didn't the plot didn't really make any sense in terms of like it, it felt like the plot was there almost as an afterthought so they, they force feed this allegory to the audience and it just didn't feel well constructed well put together and uh, I yeah well I'll just leave it at that I think it's an interesting thing because it, it points to a failure in humanity we are welcoming of aliens mm-hmm. in this case our space aliens when they come and bring us something they're not bringing war they're advanced enough to make it to our planet, therefore they're advanced technologically. That means we can trade, and mm. we can get technology from them. We can learn from them. And, and there's a lot that we do learn from these aliens. But because of the particulars of this story, their ship fails, and they're unable to share with us and trade with us the way that they're supposed to. And when they're no longer beneficial to us, and when they start to become a burden because we have to care for them, our, our natural, hey, this is interesting to us when we see a benefit, turns rapidly, you know, in a matter of just a couple of years, into resentment. And that's very, very dangerous for us as humanity. It's not good for us with any refugee in any situation. But it's particularly bad in this case, because those aliens that we're treating very badly have friends and relatives who still have the tech and are coming to rescue their relatives, and they are going to screw with us when they show up. And I guess that's what I couldn't I had a hard time getting over, is that there was this advanced alien race with technology that dwarfs ours, and they could easily, like, maybe not wipe us out, but fuck us up, as you put it, and yet they arrive and immediately become, like, these refugees that become enslaved and docile and subjugated. And I think they tried to explain that without some throwaway lines, but I never really bought it, and it didn't make any sense to me, and that stuck with me throughout the entire movie. Like, this is stupid. It's kind of like, I don't know, like Darth Vader coming in and, like, you know, you are being a, in a cage. You're very technologically advanced as a human being right now. So much <laughs> of your specifically? So, yes, you specifically. Okay. So much of your power yeah. is tied up in your cell phone. Okay. Your knowledge, your ability to gain new knowledge, your ability to don't communicate. Don't sell your muscles short. I'm not selling your muscles short. But you are more powerful than anything that was conceivable 50 years ago because you have a cell phone. Sure. If you and take yourself... And the infrastructure to support the cell and, phone Exactly. Exists. The ship breaks down. The mm-hmm. infrastructure that supports the cell phone breaks down. Mm-hmm. They are now effectively the human being from the 14th century. Mm-hmm. They don't have the power and they don't have the experience of not having that power so they don't have any way of dealing with it. And they do become able to be subjugated by a much inferior species, us, in this particular case. Yeah, I... I, I still have a I have a hard time buying it, I guess. It's like all of a sudden we get subjugated by deer or something. Because, yeah, sure, you lose your technological superiority, but you don't suddenly become just like mindless zombies that can't accomplish anything at all. And that's what they effectively were in this movie. There was a lot of them. They were they're almost like dogs, you know? Yeah. They just didn't do anything. They didn't think for themselves. They just kind of sat there, like, obeying their, their masters. And it was a weird... So do human thing. beings in the exact same circumstance. Why? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't buy it. It's a difficult movie. It's an important movie. Uh, it's not fun to watch, though. <laughs> yeah, I think I started and feeling so why sick, did, so I watched Why didn't you pick it as your favorite, then? Because it's not my favorite. Well, no, it's favorite my favorite was Watchmen. Watchmen. Watchmen's a much better movie. You love movies that are not fun to watch. That's, that's how you describe so many of them. This is you know, fair, but that's unpleasant to watch in a way that I don't like. Mm. So, 
It's not I'm, like injecting drugs into your eyeball or whatever. I'm going to the movie and see if it restores some of Paul's faith in my movie choices as Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that was one of my worthy responses. Was 2009, we bought our townhouse. My wife and I bought our townhouse, and we had just, I think we had just moved in, like, a week <laughs> before seeing this movie. Going to see this movie was a bad idea after buying it new house because I came home and every creak and crack in that house we, kept me up. We went to go see this movie yes. together, right? Yes. You were not a fan. I was not a fan of this movie. I went into this movie thinking it was a ghost movie. It's not a ghost movie. It's a demon movie. It's a demon movie. I remember you specifically saying that. You this were is, like, there's a difference. You're like ashen face. You're like, I thought it was supposed to be a ghost. It was a demon. And we're like, so? <laughs> this is not okay. Yeah. So what was the Catholic Church's stance? <laughs> <laughs> we're asking for that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, you know, horror movie, I feel like horror kind of come like ebbs and flows. Like there'll be something with the Blair Witch Project and all of a sudden everyone's trying to copy it and it gets old really saw fast earlier. or saw and everything. And same thing with Paranormal Activity. Yeah. yeah there's, I don't know what, five, six, seven of them already. Uh, that's kind of a horror thing though. Yeah. Any you, horror you movie that gets death. anything, you beat it totally to death. Yeah. Ironically enough. Uh, but yeah, Paranormal Activity was good because it was one of the slow burns. They didn't, they made sure not to show too much. Um, I don't know if it accelerated like the found, not the found footage, but. Because Blair Witch was found footage. Yeah, but it, the whole like, hey, we got cameras stationed around the house and that's kind of the trope right there. And, uh, and that ending was kind of shocking. Like I did one of the best all time jump scares and, and leading up to it, everything too. Just because you, you can only see from the perspective of that one camera and like the, the hearing the sounds and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good movie. But I, I don't think. Not for I everybody. would never see it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything that's worthy of discourse? I have three listed, one mm-hmm. of which was Star Trek, though. Uh, the Blind Side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another Sandra Bullock movie. Uh, the one about... she actually won an award for. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Sandra Bullock is the actress of this decade. That based on a lot of stuff. Yes. Yeah, so if we if were if we were doing if that, we're talking about we... that, yeah, that yeah. she's, well, probably, the, she's yeah. probably the strongest one that I had tracked for this. She doesn't. She didn't have that many, but no actress actually had that many. That was Hollywood sexism. Well, like, kind of is <laughs> like, but all the the great actors were like. Very often had two, if not three, movies a year, and like actresses had like gaps where they didn't even do a movie in a year. Mm-hmm. So it it, it, it was kind of an maybe? odd notion. But then you have Sandra Bullock come out with Proposal and Blindside in the same year, or Gunshine, Twenty Eight Days, and Miss Congeniality all in two thousand. So like she stayed busy. Yeah, yeah. But then she had years where she didn't come out with something too. Like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, she apparently had nothing. I don't know if she had a kid. I mean. Thing is, like women have kids, like literally have the kids, so they uh, they have to take time off at some point from acting, be- just because of the roles that are offered to them. Right, not a whole lot of roles for a pregnant woman because you you got a limited time and you want and you to can make the a non pregnant woman look pregnant if you, you want can't to. Do the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mentioned uh, I have that one written down, and then I also have Up. Up is so good. Yeah, it's a very good. Movie. My wife won't let the kids watch the beginning. the beginning of it. What? She won't. I think she won't let the kids watch the beginning. They they oh, were yeah. coming in while she was watching it. She didn't like yell to get out, but she was like, she you know it's sad, sad opening. Mm-hmm. It's but it's also beautiful. It's sad because it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Doesn't so make the rest of the movie. I get. I guess you just explain. Okay. Well, the wife's dead. Well, we were like 
she was watching it. We weren't like it was like bedtime, and the kids okay. were like running in while she was. Oh, watching they, the they didn't watch the rest of the movie. Correct. Okay. If we were going to watch the rest of the movie, then yeah, like that's kind of those things. Like I wanted you to see the rest of it to see why mm. the beginning is sad. Yeah. That's a good one for us to watch with the kids. Up? Yeah. <laughs> right after Travis is like, you cannot watch it with the kids. But that's what we watch with the kids. I think different, the kids different would families. be fine. Yeah. yeah. I think. It, oh, well, in, in, Probably. Interestingly, it's like Wally, though, right? Because that's all silent. Yep. Very, very quiet. Not as long, but yeah. Yeah, it's not as long, but. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it might have been the time of life when I saw Wally versus us. Well, I was. Yeah, I know you didn't Wally, like that part of Wally. I just felt Wally, like but... was very quiet. I felt like there wasn't much conversation. But it just it wasn't really. I, I know Pixar doesn't need. I know Pixar doesn't need any more praise, but like, <laughs> it just shows like that they can do that so deftly with multiple, like with robots and with an old guy and a walker. Like, yeah, they're good at showing sorrow. <laughs> they're, they're good at telling they're stories. They're sure good at showing emotion. They're good at showing emotion. They're good at telling yeah. stories, and they're out, they're really good at telling stories without telling any using any words. They they do right. that in their shorts very frequently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're good visual, very good visual storytellers. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why they do the shorts is to to inculcate those values and to build them the skills for the next generation. Which is one thing I love that section on Disney Plus that you can actually go and watch all the shorts much easier than anywhere else I found. So one of the movies that made a lot of money that is. I'm just going to say the name. I haven't seen it, but it's uh, Inglorious Bastards. It's, that was my other choice for you. <laughs> it's, I haven't seen it. I probably would like it if I saw it. It's uh, interesting how this one plays out because Nazism is something that is creeping back into our culture. And this sort of presages that a little bit. And the violent attacks upon it, the extremely violent attacks on it, uh, are interesting. Uh, some other movies, just to mention as names, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Uh, another one based on a book mm-hmm. got a lot of uh, publicity um, didn't really have anything there uh, there's two movies that I want to mention here just because the, the, the naming interest we had 2012 in this year but 2009 <laughs> how about the numeral 9 movie 9 yeah. as a numeral versus the movie 9 written out those are both movies that came out this year oh, 9 written out was like that was like the Puppet or no? That, no, that's, that was that's nine the numeral. numeral. Nine numeral. Okay. So that's that's the animated film based uh, with basically self-aware robot puppet things that okay. are in a post-apocalyptic world trying to do a thing, <laughs> as one does. Nice. Well, I mean, they're, yeah. they're trying to rebuild the world, but yeah. actually and, disappointed. Apparently, it was not even nominated for best animated. Uh, it was based on an original work that he had done previously, a shorter film that he had as basically like a student project, and that had won some awards. Okay. So he got his awards. But I haven't even heard of The Secret of Kells and... The Secret of Kells is a good movie. Oh, okay. I was about to say I hadn't heard... Until I said it out loud, I was about to say I hadn't heard of Princess and Frog, but now I know that that's the Disney version of yes. that fairy tale. Yeah. Which is Tiana. So I had Watchmen as one of my worthy discourses because for all the reasons said, it was, <clears> yeah, I think it was... 300 or Watchmen, one of, either one of them is Zack Snyder's greatest work. Um, really enjoyed it. Rorschach was great. Um, yeah, quibbles with Osmondius, whatever you pronounce it, the casting there. But uh, interesting ideas behind it. I know a lot of it comes from the source material. I, all of it comes from the source material. But it can be hard to make a good adaptation. And yeah, he, that was a, a solid Zach, one. Zack Snyder stayed close to the material, and it largely worked. Yeah. Uh, I also have G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. <laughs> only to only to mention Is much that like the sequel? No, that's the first that's one. That's the first one. Okay. Notably that's the first one. I want to mention it much in the same vein as Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer. 
Uh, hey, they both have the rock rise. Do I have them both right? I guess so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think this movie is quite as bad as it may have to be. That's pretty bad. I'm not saying it's great. I thought it worked pretty well. I mean, and it has, uh, what's his name? Um, Robin from The Dark Knight uh, Rises, uh, Third Rock, serious actor guy. Yeah, um, um, Jason Gordon-Levitt. Right? Yeah, Jason Gordon-Levitt is in it. Uh, it's got a interesting story with some twist to it that I, I thought, think is kind of compelling. It's got some good action scenes. There are some weird things that happen in terms of physics that doesn't really make any sense. And there's some corniness to it. But it largely kind of takes itself seriously. It has some serious concepts to it. Um, the second movie is just way over the top corniness, which is it's more appealing to some people. Is the second one when The Rock shows up? Is it yeah, the he, he shows up and it just kind of goes completely off the rails. As things kind of do when The Rock shows up in a movie like that. <laughs> yeah. The Rock oftentimes is not synonymous with a serious movie. And I'm not saying G.I. Joe Rise of Cope is a serious movie, but it is more serious and... Maybe to its detriment, but I was going to say that might have been to its detriment, right? I, I liked it. I would have liked to have seen a sequel to it um, just to see where they would, would have taken it, but alas. There was a sequel. Well, I mean, a sequel in the same vein. Like, oh. That, okay. Not the, like, let's just kill off everyone and go with the rock. There's a third one coming out. Really? Wow. This year, I think. I will probably not see that. And the, the other one is The Invention of Lying. Which, to be honest, I have not seen this in, in its entirety, but I've seen a, enough of it to think that... I'm. So, it seems like a pretty clever movie, and for those who don't know, the idea is that it's Ricky Gervais and uh, Jennifer Garner, uh, and they live in a world where nobody lies. Mm. Everyone tells the truth all. So you go on a date, and you sit down, and the person's like, you know, you're fat and ugly, and I don't like you. And it's like, well, I appreciate your honesty, and... So How can you appreciate that honesty if you don't even know what the concept of lying is? Well, I think okay. It's, what, what okay, this is going to work out. I, I hear you. Yeah. We'll, we'll end it right now. Let's save each other half an hour and then the dinner. And so... It's it, a very Ricky Gervais rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And But then Ricky, at one point, uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, his character, goes to an ATM to withdraw money and he's got like $5 in his bank account and they're like... Or he goes to the bank and the bank teller's like, sorry, the system is down. You know, how much money do you have in your bank account to withdraw? And he's like... Ten thousand hmm. dollars, and he—that's at that moment he realizes he can lie, and because no one ever lies, the bank teller's like, "Okay, here you go," because why would anyone lie about that? It's, it's impossible, and you know there's some comedy around that, and it goes on and on. And what what I find really interesting is at one point I think his his mom is dying or something, and she's she's in the hospital and she's scared. She's like, you know, I don't want to die. I don't know what's going to happen, and he to try and comfort her says like oh it's it's gonna be great because when you die you there's this great place and, mm-hmm. and he basically invents religion and talks about heaven and how like i've God seen far and more of this movie than i remember to then because <laughs> i vaguely remember that it suddenly takes a pretty kind of serious tone and everyone's like well how do you know this because no one else has ever talked about heaven and all this stuff before and, and he kind of becomes this prophet and he he gets it and it, as things do they kind of get out of control and at some point he realizes that he shouldn't be lying about all this and in order to win over jennifer gardner he's got to tell the truth that he's been lying about all this and explain what even a lie is and i I thought it was a clever concept um that largely made sense throughout and and took it in unexpected ways and i thought it was worth mentioning for that reason compare contrast with liar liar jim carrey totally different movie uh liar liar is completely a comedy with slight tinges of like Oh, he wants to be there for his kid. Kind it's of also 
the inverse, right? Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. compelled to tell the truth in a world of liars. This is a guy who's lying right. in a world of truth. Yeah. Yeah. This one. But yeah, that's slap. It's almost like slapstick compared yeah. to this. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You want to see Ricky Gervais like slamming his head into a bathroom sink or whatever. Saying, like, I can't lie or whatever. Um, same, same idea though. They're both comedies. I think this one's a little bit more serious um, than, than Liar Liar, but. Um, I want to throw out one fact-checking thing I did find. Peter Jackson produced District 9. Fair enough. That's why I had his name attached to it. And not then, Kathleen it, Kennedy. Not <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. She and, actually and did Brad not Rizzi, have a movie this year. He probably did a lot of the Creature Effect again. He, that's that's his hallmark before he did The Lord of the Rings. That's why the Orakai looks so good. <laughs> uh, and that's the first time I've ever heard anyone say the Orakai looks so good. As, as a creation, you know, <laughs> they're, obviously. They're, 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 they're pretty hideous. hideous but yeah. he, he makes them look realistic and intense. How about Seventeen again? <laughs> That's a movie you guys didn't expect me to say, huh? Is that the Jennifer Zac Gardner? No. no. Zac Efron. No, that's 13 Zac going Efron. on 30 is uh, what you're thinking of. Yeah. Zac Efron is... Um, he time travels back. And... He, doesn't, he doesn't time travel. He gets he, he turns 17 years old again. And it, oh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's like yeah. a Freaky Friday kind of thing, but not. Mm-hmm. So, it, But it's it's very geeky in its Freaky Friday-ness. So he ends up going to school with his kids A little stuff. Very, very fun. Huh. Yeah. But they know who he is. Nope. Nope. Okay. His daughter tries to flirt with him. <laughs> do they son. explain? Okay. Yeah. I imagine that much thought has to go into this movie. But do they explain how the kids still exist and all this? Well, he he has magically transformed his body. He's young. Yeah. He doesn't go back in time. He doesn't he doesn't go back in time. Yeah, yeah. He just he just okay. loses thirty he, years yeah. off of his life. But they just like they don't know where their dad is. For he's he's vanished. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, hey, okay. That, I guess that's the part I was missing. Was, their and dad's just missing for the duration of the movie. And they're okay, okay with this. <laughs> There's no, their mom and dad are separated. I think. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I can't remember the specifics. But something it, like it, that. it was. It's explained in a way that it's not surprising okay. and suspicious. They they thought of all the angles. <laughs> they thought of all the angles. It's probably like uh, Mrs. Doubtfire asked where you're like really you don't realize that's your dad. We're <laughs> alone. <laughs> Or, uh, Speaking about a movie that might not have aged well. No, definitely not. Because <laughs> uh, it's offensive now or something? Or? I, I would assume there's a certain segment of oh, okay. gender identity people that would okay. not <laughs> like that movie now. Yeah, maybe. Pirate Radio, also known as The Ship That Rocked. So this is a movie where uh, a ship was out in international waters and pumping rock and roll into an area where rock and roll was banned. Is it the Soviet Union or something? No, or? it's England. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Metal is no rock and roll. Rock it's, and roll. It's 1960s. Oh, 60s. Okay. Footloose style. Okay. Music I was just gonna band. say, there's Who literally a genre of music dancing. called the new Who wave the of British heavy ass. metal, <laughs> so I can't imagine it's out long. But okay. Yeah. Sherlock so cool. Holmes. Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, so I, that was one of the ones I almost picked for you as well. Okay, very good movie. I like that mm-hmm. one a lot. I figured hmm. Jude Law, Robert Downey Jr. You don't like Jude Law so much. Is it true to Sherlock Holmes? Because all I remember no. is the bare knuckle fist fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, Sherlock Holmes is an idea that is all, again Batman yeah, style. Yeah, he's Batman. Yeah, it's very malleable, but it's still not true to Sherlock Holmes. But it's true enough that you can have a good time with it. It's, as long it's as he fun says role. "Elementary, my dear Watson," everybody's happy. Yeah. I don't think no, he, <laughs> doesn't, he doesn't have to. Obviously, but yeah, it's it's you compare that to like Benedict Cumberbatch a little bit later on. And he puts on the Deerstalker, and everyone goes wild. It's, it's it's simple stuff like that. People love it. Well, they really the the real missed opportunity was not having. They had so many scenes with Tony Stark and Doctor Strange interacting, and never once 
did they say something like "No shit, Sherlock" to yeah. the two of them or something like that? No, that's definitely the line that they wanted to have happen. Was, but they were like, "No, we're not going to point at that that directly." They had other nods instead that so were a little bit more subtle. Neither Downey Sherlock Holmes movie was based on an actual Sherlock Holmes story, right? Correct. They were new stories, unlike the BBC ones, which are based on original ones. Right. Yeah. I'm Any, done. Anything else? No. Do you want to give us the results of the guessing game? Andrew? The results of the guessing game. So I won. What? In last place was Travis with ten points. Would you, would you say he's a, the loser? Or Travis is loser? the loser. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. He I won. He won the nineties. He won the nineties. Yeah. He's just in fourth place. Also, the losers tied for second place. Oh, first losers. First losers. <laughs> Andrew and Gerke. Oh, yeah. And the I winner. Know what that means. And with 13 points is Paul. Aww. By two points, he beats Gurky and I, and by three points, he beats Travis. Now, it should be no. That's that's kind of a pathetic showing still, because we you had 10 years, and I had 13 points. You had the maximum well, score of 30. Yeah. I got an average of one thing, one pick correct a year. A little bit more than, yeah. 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 We, we, on average, got more than one pick per year across, but... You know, we got 50%, right? Yeah. 13 yeah, but out of 30? A lot of those are probably... Actually, no, I, I did really badly on you. You got mostly me, I think. I'm like, you got... I thought in the beginning you might have been guessing Andrews. You only got, like, two of mine, the most, the more recent ones. Which, to be fair, we started, like, dating in, like, 2008. Officially dating in 2008. And yeah, we, you got 2000. We shouldn't count any of my picks before Gurk and I started dating for her. And Why? I never dated them. <laughs> once, <laughs> once Travis started dating Faith, we have to exclude those picks, too. I can be play established. And you're just wrong in all yours. I'm 100 percent wrong. 100% Although actually, wrong. Yeah, I'm. I think you got a lot of points from him. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, from me, Paul got it just recently. He got Wally. Other than that, he actually didn't get any from, from me. Oof, yeah. I think I got most of my points from Paul. It's not surprising. I think not we all point. got a lot of points from Paul. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oiled man. Gurky got from Paul. From Paul and Travis. From me. So, two from Paul and one from Travis and I. From but today's, but uh, yeah. the last time, oh no, he didn't pick that. He was yeah, it was all, it was, it was much, much more over the place, so it's, I, it's hard to look at those. But in the end, Paul got the, the points victory, and that's what counts. Yep. In, in the most accurate sense, Paul is a winner, but in a, in a very real sense, we're all winners here today. So, I got three of listeners. his tonight. I got three of his today Iron Man 300 and V for Vendetta. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, pulling the curtain back on that, we're recording these all at the same time. Well, oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Was that not supposed to be obvious? No, it's fine. Um, and then, I know we mentioned maybe we want to do it, but real quick, since we did talk about Sandra Bullock potentially being the actress of the decade, I can give my top, I'll do just my top five of what I would consider throwing out for actors would be Heath Ledger. Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if Heath Ledger counts since he missed part of the decade. It's not his he fault he died. It's only his fault. He, he OD'd. He missed one year. <laughs> Dark Knight was 2008. Fine, fine, fine. Yes. He had a good year. He had a good decade. He had a good year. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio. Always. Um, Christian Bale. Yep. Jake Gyllenhaal. No. <laughs> Ouch. Um, and to me, then it kind of... I mean, there's other actors you can name. Matt Damon for Bourne, George Clooney had some, 
Alright, I'll throw, want me to throw out mine? Like, sure, I'll throw out some others, because they're probably stronger than the rest I could name. Tom Cruise, because there's a lot of Mission Impossible movies. Tom Hanks, just because he's Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, there's another reason for Tom Cruise, too. I guess Tropic Thunder, but there's... I think there's... That's another, just a cameo. I mean, it's a really strong there's cameo. There's another series, I thought, that I'm I'm forgetting, besides Mission Impossible. But anyway. Jack Reacher was about this decade? I think so. That was the next decade. Maybe, right? maybe not. So, Ian McKellen, solely on the back of the X-Men movies, and Lord, Lord of the Rings movies, yeah, which is... Yeah, yeah. Really strong. Really strong. Um, one, one character, two characters. Right. When was Apt Pupil? Wasn't that? Or was that 90? No, that was 90s. I remember when yeah. it the 90s. Um, actually, we we should do due diligence and say The Rock. He started with Scorpion King and mm. um, something else in 2001. What about our other actresses beyond saying the book? Uh, I had... I don't know. It's kind of hard to find one. I guess you could say Meryl Streep, but she only did like... She doesn't do a lot. She did Doubt she... and Devil Wears Prada and probably some others in there. She's she's too selective to have those guys. Yeah, I mean, I had decades. yeah, uh, Julia Stiles basically because she was in all the boring movies and not all of them. Uh, the first three at least. Um, Scarlett Johansson because she had stuff like Lost in Translation. Um, I, I, I could, thought she was only in the first two. I could dig up the lists. Um, Nicole Kidman had some in there like. Love it or hate it, she did Moulin Rouge. Um, <laughs> Kira Knightley had some unique roles in there. Like she was, even though she wasn't the lead, she was on the poster for King Arthur or Arthur or whatever. She was like the lead picture in King Arthur. Yeah, yeah. even though she wasn't yeah. that important, really. I don't think um, yeah. Natalie Portman, although she had a, probably a better 2010s with stuff like Black Swan yet to come. Uh, I had Halle Berry, although I'm blanking on what movies she exactly was in. Catwoman. <laughs> there you go. No, when I was Monsters Ball? It was like 2008, wasn't yeah, it? No. Swordfish, maybe? or Swordfish was probably... Yeah, it was probably early 2000s. Anyway, as I was going through, I was in Halle Berry, so clearly she had she's Gothica, which um, I saw. Kate Beckinsale, <laughs> mostly for Underworld, but also uh, Pearl Harbor was this decade, I think. And uh, Van Helsing. Monsters Ball was 2001. There you go. And Emma Watson on the back of Harry Potter. <laughs> Potter. I mean, it's hard to argue against eight, uh, seven, eight? Eight films. Eight, yeah. Well, only six It looks six like Julia Styles decade, was like 18 yeah. or something yeah. in this decade. She was busy. She Julia Styles was popular. She, she won a lot of... Teen Choice Awards when that was more of a prestigious thing, I think, to, to win. Yeah. No, was it more of a prestigious thing because we were closer to a teen at that time? <laughs> it's, in pre- it's prestigious enough that Wikipedia decided to list those in lieu of, like, her Oscars or anything like that. Probably because she doesn't have yeah, Oscars. Yeah. But she I did some... I mean, Julie Sells is some pretty decent movies early on of, like, when she was in, um, like, Save the Last Dance and O and that type of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, some of these are shorts. That's why I just looked on uh, Google at first. Well, congratulations, and, Paul, on your yeah. victory and your Thank poor you. picks. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to demonstrating to you exactly how influential Avatar is, even though I don't necessarily like it. I look forward to your rampant discourse article that you're going to write about it I'm instead of playing video games. I'm not writing a rampant discourse article about that. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll write one. Go for it. Why Avatar isn't influential? I look forward to reading that one. All right. All right. Well. Uh, you can continue the discourse on Discord at our Discord channel, discord.io slash rampant discourse. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. We also have a Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at rampant disc. Uh, anything that I'm missing? Come to the blog, rampantdiscourse.com. There you go. 
Can't stop the discourse. I screwed up. I really <laughs> should have... Uh, I had an idea to give you all nicknames at the beginning, but I should have done it for the cons- um, media consumption or the Super Tuesday one. Why? Because I think it'd be funny. What nicknames were you coming up with? Well, it's going to be all tool-based. Because the, I think it's... What? I think it's, you wanted to call us all tools? No, also, I think it's funny that... You can call someone like Travis the Hammer Hudson, oh. and it's like cool. But then if I was like, you know, the Andrew the Socket Wrench Riley, it's like, wait, that's not cool. Or Gurky the Phillips Head Screwdriver Change. <laughs> Only the Hammer works is a, is a cool nickname. Can you think of any other tool? The Needle Nose Pliers. I had nicknames for us from some other episode. Yeah. The Privacy Boy? Yeah, you were Privacy Boy. Mm hmm. I think I was something. About, I think I was honey baked ham. <laughs> what? That sounds right, but I don't know because, why. Because I was talking about buying gift cards for honey baked ham. <laughs> oh, that's ham. right. Yeah, you were obsessed with the like gift eight cards months before ham. Christmas. Yeah, that's one of my money saving ideas. I do remember that episode. <laughs> but I don't think we ever really came up with one for you because I'm unnameable, or you're just the host. So I'm privacy boy, but I'm also a really old man. Oh gosh, so. I kind of want to change my guests Get again. Off my lawn. I always want to change them. Okay. We ready? Why I've already so started. Many emails oh my god! I hey. have to cut out so much of this. <laughs> True, but you can just cut out the beginning. Cut out the best parts. <laughs> oh. Use them as the intro. This is funny because you had sent an oh. email about t- tomorrow, and I thought you were somehow already talking about the comic, <laughs> comic book, but you were just saying second stops delaying. All right, ready?